Blog Talk Radio. Raw living is a state of mind, a way of being in alignment with your body. Raw living means you put yourself and your body first. Your host, Gita Sadu Rob, is the founder of Nosh Detox, located in the UK. They offer innovative raw food smoothies sold across Europe. You experience it in your skin, your body, and your mind. And now it's time for Living Raw Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Living Raw Radio, and it's Gita Sidhu Rob. And it's wonderful to be with you again. And today, we're going to take a slightly different route. <laughs> I like always talking about performance. I like talking about what makes people tick, what makes people work better, because I think it's part of what we do. We always can choose how we want to live. We've all got a potential, and some of us live at the top of our potential, and some of us don't. We live at the bottom of it. Many of us actually middle through, muddle through. We muddle through the middle. We muddle through the muddle. I think we'll stick with muddling through the middle. It's kind of what we do. But there are some people that come up and that think, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I can make a difference. And I've always found people like that not only deeply interesting, but hugely rewarding as people. And what I've done is strong-armed one of those people to come on the show today, a woman who just hates being out there, being put on radio, being asked to answer questions, has, has literally wailed all the way through this, is my very good friend, Rena Ranger. Hi, Rena. Hello. How are you? Can you me? I'm fine, yes. thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. And I promise that this is going to be a completely effortless, effortless fun activity for about half an well, hour I, okay i look forward to it <laughs> so you set up um an incredible idea actually you set up women empowered it's a social initiative it's run completely by volunteers and your idea is to inspire and help women to make the best of their talents and skills by connecting with successful and inspirational women and men right now yes. why what made you think of that I think it was uh, probably my personal situation that was an inspiration. I had just had two children quite close together. I'd always been very much used to working, and my mind was being utilized in a very different way as a mum. but I missed some of the ways that it used to be utilized, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to go back to the full-time kind of work I had. And I think I maybe lost some confidence along the way. I remember hearing a story from uh, a lady at a dinner one day, and she was a lady who was then in the same situation that I found myself in. She'd had two children to get close together. She was at home, and she had some um, issues in the local community, and she somehow found herself spearheading a challenge to a developer who was trying to build a large block of flats in the back of her garden effectively and she said I took it on I won and I enjoyed it so much that the other people around me said why don't you consider doing something else or why don't you consider something doing something more and um, her story just stuck with me for many many years and when people asked me to do something new or something different when I was probably at I had a confidence low and I didn't know what I could do. Uh, I remembered her story and I thought if she could do it and she inspired me to say yes, maybe I could do that for other people, um, give them stories from 
people that they would hold on to. So at a time in their life when they were in need of inspiration or motivation or encouragement, they could claw that story back and, and go for things. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, I, I love that idea. That's so interesting because so many of us do actually feel terrible after having had children because although you're really valued and needed and, and, and important, you kind of somehow manage to lose who you are as a human being and a person behind being a mother, don't you? I think some, yeah, something very strange happens. You take on a very new purpose. You're very protective over these little things and you have a maybe different kind of focus for a while. And you're focusing on something that there's no instruction manual for. You feel very unsure about lots and lots of things because nobody can quite, it's, it's, not, it's, it's a complex thing raising a baby and, and you don't understand everything about it immediately. You go into the role, but it's very daunting. So I think you just lose your, you lose your confidence in, in a variety of ways sometimes. Yeah, you lose your mojo completely as well. I mean, it's very interesting to say you learn about it. Basically, you feel like you're running from pillar to post without the slightest bloody idea of how to get there most of the time. I used to remember always looking at my children thinking, oh, my God, did I kill it? Is it okay? Is it breathing? Is it not breathing? And that's so much what new mothers do. Now, for you to go from there to thinking, oh, I wonder if I can help someone else, that's a huge leap. How did that happen? Because I wasn't alone. When I would drop my children off at nursery or I was at the nursery gate, this would be the kind of conversation that we had, uh, whether it was at the gates or over coffee, saying, what do we do? We'd like to do something. Many people uh, either found that their corporate working environment was that the hours were too long or after a certain, after a couple, when you've got two children, things are a bit different for many people that you, childcare costs and juggling everything is a bit different. Or in that maternity period, as much as, you may love being at home and love being a mother, and it's such a fulfilling role. You kind of miss doing something different or something that you used to do so because we were all having the same conversation, and I found myself saying to them, um, oh, I heard this story because through my corporate life, I've been very fortunate to go and hear lots of people speak and share their wisdom. Uh, so I would go back to my coffee mornings and say, oh, I heard this story, and this is what this person did, or this is what this lady did, or this is what this guy did. Maybe you could do it too. And then I kind of just thought that if I cut the middleman out, which was me, and get these amazing people to speak directly to people who are looking for inspiration, wouldn't that be an amazing platform, an amazing kind of opportunity to, to bring my corporate world and my maternity world or my mom's world or my new world together? And that's what I did. That's incredible. So, but, but, but hang on. How did, so how did you feel when the first one happened? Um, did you actually... Um, you know, when you organized your first inaugural Women Empowered event, um, what did you, did, had you organized events before? Or, because that's quite hard work. No. So I had always been around event organizing. The thing is, I believe we all have a sphere of influence. We all have our little network of people. And I had uh, very, through my previous, through my corporate stuff, I had uh, a network of people who were willing to speak and share their stories or very inspiring or had made it and, could tell people how to. So I drew on that and I, I was very scared that you don't know if it was going to work. You are bringing these yeah. people who are going to share their stories with these people who are eager to listen. And in some ways there's a lot of pressure because those people have come and they want to, they want secrets of life sometimes that they might not necessarily get, but they, um, there was such a great response because I would say, look, do you want to listen to X, Y, and Z? We've got them lined up to come and speak uh, about how they have made it. Are you interested? And a lot of people said yes. So I kind of knew there was a need or, or a want for this, 
But putting it together, I did have to, it was quite resourceful. I you had to be quite resourceful because I didn't have tons and tons of money. I didn't have this, um, I had no idea where to host it. I had no idea how to get the so, Because it is a social right initiative. I mean, you're not doing yeah. this to make uh, money, really, to be fair. You'd like to at some stage, but really it's been something you're forgiving back to the community as well, isn't it? So how did you manage to find, like, the place and the this and the that? You sold tickets, didn't you? So, the first one, we, I was very, very fortunate to find somebody who I was talking to. He had a business, and I said, would you help me um, put some money up towards doing this thing that I want to do? And I can't promise it will be a great thing, but we're going to try and do it for two years so there's some longevity, and will you sponsor the first one? And he was very kind. He said, yes, he would. And so I used that money to get some banners printed and bits and bobs. I had a friend who dined at a restaurant and said there was a beautiful kind of space uh, behind it that we could use and we still use that space to date I went to the restaurant I spoke to a gentleman I said this is what we're doing we're not a business um, we're just trying to inspire people and will you help us to be part of that inspiration process I believe the world is full of a lot of good people and if you talk to people and if you ask them and you if they share that the same passion or vision or see what you're trying to do is for good lots of people do help you they really do. I agree completely. I, I, I have never, I have always found that if you're willing to ask, it is remarkable the humanity that people are willing to offer you uh, for having to be, having been asked, right? And immediately without yes. strings attached as well. Um, okay, so you set up this event and you have inspiring people come on stage. They tell their stories. What's that? What have you seen come off that? Because I know that Women Empowered has developed, but just before we get to what the initiative has developed into, what have people come and told you about how they've been inspired? What are the consequences, the benefits that have come out of it? People say that they've been inspired, which is our, our, our biggest thing that we want to do. People are engaging into more and more debates. People say, oh, I never thought I could do this, but uh, I've seen this person do it and and." I think maybe I've got a shot at doing something. A lot of people, for a lot of people, it's having that role model. If you see somebody who's maybe in the same situation as you or looks like you or sounds like you, has a yeah. same background as you or some similarity, if you can see how those people have done it and achieved what they've achieved, you can generally visualize a way for maybe you to do something similar. So, for example, that story from the lady who fought the developers because she was in the same situation as me, when somebody said to me, why don't you do something more? Why don't you try and inspire other people? Or why don't you help other people? I suddenly thought it's not beyond all possibility. She did it in that situation. If she can do it, I'm sure I can also think of a way to get myself to that same spot. Um, we've had people who've set up businesses. We've had people who've met each other for business collaboration or just for friendship and, and, and good company. We've had people who've gone up and um, decided to maybe try and emulate something a little bit similar or smaller in wherever they are. So it's done good things, but unfortunately when you're a social initiative, we don't, we have stories. We don't have cold, hard facts and figures and we don't have um, charts. We have stories and, 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 and comments that people have made. Why would you want figures? To achieve what? I think people... If I could say 20% went off and did something, it's, it's, it's tangible for people, but we don't have that. We have people who have made uh, business alliances. We've got people who've made cultivated friendships, which have gone beyond, uh, you know, beyond, it's, they're now years and years old. We have people now who bring their daughters, they bring their sons, they bring um, 
they find it that they feel inspired and they want to pass, make sure that their children also have access or hear these stories. Um, so they bring them along too. So well, I have to say, as having been a yeah, having been a speaker at your event and having just attended your event, I met my lawyer there. Weirdly, um, and I absolutely well, love her. I think she's yeah, and I mean, and being an ex-lawyer myself, I have found that it's not that like I love lawyers exactly, but. I have found a lawyer that I like, I respect, she totally gets me, I can be speaking to her, and it's made a real difference to my life to not have to go and find a scary city law firm and, and, and occupy their services, but I've been in a place where I found somebody I liked, and she was just in the audience, we hung out, because the and format is that, you know, you speak and we hang out and we eat and we talk, and in the talking I found her. And I think that's one of the key things to what we do. It's not a networking event. I don't like calling it that at all. I say, come, listen to people, meet some friends. Before it was called networking, it was called making friends, where you just spoke to people and found your common commonalities, your synergies, your, your you know, friendships just in a very natural and evolutionary, they just evolved. Uh, now, sometimes when you go to networking events, it's all very, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Do you have anything oh, to offer me? And, and we people try are looking over your shoulder. For the next guy. Yeah, yeah. If they're always kind of looking over your shoulder, like who else has come in? Who am I talking to next? What do you do? Are you any good to me? Are you any use to me? And the really nice thing about Women Empowered is that it's a very different way to approach inspiration. It's a very friendly, relaxed way to approach it. And you've got some people on the stage. The people on stage always come off stage and sit and talk and eat with everybody. Usually they're mobbed, but they do. And I mean, I've also made a very good friend out of somebody who I was on stage mm-hmm. with, which then let, you know, so it, it was, it's been... I personally have really benefited, which is why I wanted you to have a platform. I wanted you to talk about Women Empowered. Now, the thing about Women Empowered as an organization, now that's also developed, hasn't it? What else have you done with it? Well, I say that there's inspiration available from anybody you meet. You always learn something from anyone that you cross paths with, what you want to do, what you don't want to do. Um, And so we have tried to grow to share as much inspiration as many of these stories to hear as many of our, our we community, we call ourselves Women Empowered, we're we for short because that's who we feel we are and believe we are. We're a community of people. And um, we've grown to try and share those stories more often to set up a monthly blog. Uh, it's called Grit, and we like to talk about the grittier things in life, um, things that we feel may aren't often spoken about but maybe should be. So we pick a topic, and every month we reach out to members of our WE community and ask them to contribute to the blog. It's edited by um, a lovely lady called Sunita, and she, she's again a volunteer. And every month we produce different perspectives on a topic. So we have talked about um, health issues, uh, we have one that's called things we should talk about dot 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 and people can talk about things that they feel have not been talked about we've had some really beautiful uh, stories from when we asked people to write a letter to their younger selves um, and yeah I remember so that it's a wide breadth and depth of, of topic we pick and um, we ask our community to contribute to inspire other members within our community well, and it works, right? It really, really works because it's one thing to just read yet another newsletter, yet another email, but it's a really, really big difference to actually read what other people are saying. So I've always found that every time grit comes in and lands in my inbox, it's something that I spend time on because it's interesting, it's different, it's diverse, and there's people saying, here's what I think, here's what I think. And 
and I like that because you can you can know what people are thinking um, who feel a little bit like people that are like you that want the kind of stuff you want and you get to hear a diverse viewpoint which is invaluable frankly um, there is a place wh- uh, what the- I meant to ask carry on as in some of the topics are those that you may not want to pitch up at an event with a you know, 50, 60, 100 people and talk about. So some things that you may be going through personally, you haven't maybe told people or uh, you haven't made it public. And this way, those topics, they come to your inbox. And should you wish to read them and share, learn or, or take away anything from the experiences of others in the same situation, you're free to do that at your PC in the privacy of your own home. Yeah. And I mean, there isn't a reason we need to open up every single part of our soul at all times. So I agree with that. Talk to me about the the, the male thing, because there is it is does say women empowered. There are always men, um, and mm-hmm. it, it, the audience on the platform, whatever. So why is it called women empowered? Why isn't it just called people empowered, for example? So we and why do you then have men? So we always have a male speaker to try to bring a balanced discussion to people there. So if we say this is how women feel, is it the same for men, or is it uh, different, or is there some discrepancy there? So we always have a male speaker to ensure we try and get some level of balance. Um, and we also want a dialogue. We, don't, you know, we want people to share their stories with each other, and we want to maybe bring about discussion and debate. So we always encourage men to attend, uh, to listen, to, to participate, to contribute, so that there is... It's, it's, it's meant to be open and free. We're called Women Empowered because we wanted to be more women-leaning. We didn't want to be uh, more, have, I think, I, it may be incorrect, but I think men are more comfortable at turning up to some of these events. And we hmm. thought if we created a safer zone or more female, uh, female-filled zone, it, there would be less kind of uh, aversion from some people to, to, to come. Because we're not just, if we... we cater for a range of people. We cater for business people, corporate people, uh, women, corporate women, business women. We have uh, homemakers. We have yummy mummies. We have people who are uh, girls who are in their educational career. And we have a diversity of females that come. We wanted to create a safe and friendly zone so they would all feel comfortable with some men. Yeah, and I mean, it's really interesting. Half the audience is men, right? Uh, we have, I would say, it's a 70-30 mix. Is it really? Yeah, because I, um, I have been there sometimes where actually there's a lot of men in the room. Um, and I've, I've sort mm-hmm. of thought, oh, okay. And then there are times where there's just, it's a lot more women. It's true. I guess it depends on the topic. But we wanted to be more female-leaning. We wanted to provide those interesting, those inspiring female role models as well as those male role models so that, like I said, if you see somebody who's in the same situation, looks like you, sound like you, you can imagine maybe doing it for yourself. And, and we don't um, even why do define what that it is. Yeah. We say why do, do whatever that special that, thing is. Why do you think that women, um, people, but particularly women, why do you think storytelling inspires them so much to perform, to act, to be? I think everybody is. I think so storytelling is not exclusive inspiration for women. I think lots of people are inspired by the storytelling, and that's why we have men and who come back. We don't force them; they come of their own volition. I think an interesting way to 
especially from somebody to hear how they've done it and you get to question or ask them there and then what were the obstacles you'd face what would you do differently um and you have that interaction as well so i think that platform to hear these amazing people who also volunteer their time um and come and speak to our guests to have them there to be able to speak to them ask them all the questions that you have and like you said at the end when they come off stage maybe to grab five minutes quietly and say i want to do this what do you think um I think that's a really appealing platform and appealing format to have. And actually, yeah, people no, in the room I, I themselves, they're all remarkable people. So people like you will come back and you'll be an audience or, or a guest at the event and you yourself will meet somebody and you'll provide inspiration for that other person. It's meant to be a family, a community of people inspiring each other and we've, we've, we've had good, um, good success in that front. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, but it's it's it, um you make it sound um very easy, but I think it's actually quite a hard thing to do because it's relentless. You know, you have to always keep doing it and keep finding people that are interesting, keep finding conversations that people are willing to be part of because you're almost trying to enter a conversation in someone's head, aren't you? Um, so you're kind of like making it happen again. Now, the other thing that you've done, so which we, I find very impressive, yeah. So that's why we hold the event three times a year and we do different, different things because, like you're saying, people are inspired by different things, people are engaged by different things. So we do these three big events, we have GRIT, and then we've branched out into a discussion group and we also have a uh, an arm which is called You, Me and We, which is charitable, but we don't ask people for money, we ask them for their time. Which is so much more valuable in in our lives at the moment than money almost is, isn't it? I mean, and that's what I was I was going to to ask about. And I, the the thing with the focus group, um, we focus. I, I I had forgotten about that, in fact, because that's something that has I have found very interesting because you've created almost a roundtable where you can get together and you'll debate things that just people don't talk about. We'll talk about European politics. We'll talk about racism. We'll talk about all kinds of really interesting things. And I'm just like, wow, that's a really, it's, it's lovely Damn. to be have kind of like a round table, open table, to be able to have that conversation. So we try to get between 20 and 25 people into a room, like you're saying, around a table. We have another volunteer who chairs the discussion. We try to take topics that are um, engaging, gritty, and things that, you know, we've, we've, we've asked, are we all a little bit racist? We've asked, is there any point to elections? Um, we've asked... Uh, the last one we had was about the European referendum. So we have discussions like this, and what beauty—the beauty of these tables are—it's a safe—it's a safe zone. It's Chatham House rules. Everything said there stays there. People usually go for a, you know drink in the or a meal afterwards, all together to continue the conversation because we find it goes on. But what happens is it breaks down. It changes people's perceptions. So we had one about elections. What are they good for? And we had people from yeah. very different um, parts of political spectrum all engaging with each other, all talking to each other, maybe wouldn't have met each other, you know, generally uh, otherwise, and talking about, well, this is my perception of you or your political party or what you believe in, and somebody else saying, no, that's not at all what it's like, and it was actually very touching with two people. They realized that there was more that was similar about them, even though they were completely at, at odds politically, uh, than they had ever... It, it, they weren't as different as they thought. They had different ideologies and they had something inkling, but there was a lot that actually united them in some of their thinking and their backgrounds and their upbringing. And I think it, it was just, it was a, 
it was a great thing to see people's barriers being brought down, their perceptions changing, and new understandings developing. Well, and you know, honestly, I think that this is how one prevents wars from starting. When you can look at somebody and think you might look different, sound different, and feel different, but actually in our core, in our heart, we have a lot in common that supersedes all of the superficial obvious differences to, to, to make us quite similar as people, which in the, in the end we ultimately really are, I believe. Um, talk to me about you, me, and we, because that's your kind of service element, um, the seva, yeah. which is the service to the community, which I, I just think is wonderful, um, the, where, where people give time, not money. Talk to me about that. How did that come about and what do you do with it? So we were inspired by another initiative called Seva Day, and many cultures have this uh, tradition of selfless service, um, I think it's called Mitzvah Day in, in the Jewish uh, faith, but there is this culture. So somebody had set up uh, an initiative called Seva Day, and it was to try and inspire people to to give some time and nominate a day where everybody got together for a day of selfless service, and it could be anything um, from taking your neighbor up to the local supermarket on that just to it was to bring a little joy or fixing a fence in a community uh, garden or whatever needed to be done. So we to do something because you're part of a community without expecting any kind of return for having done it, basically, just out of love. And in some ways, yeah, and in some ways get a little bit more involved in in charity rather than giving some money and thinking that through that person your bit is done. I mean, it's very important to sponsor people and it's always appreciated, but there's always... Some, there's something more as well to being charitable. Uh, so we took part in that every year and we had a great response. And then we realized there was an appetite. If you could put something in place, people would come. Like I said, really, there was, the world's full of good people. People would come together to do something for the community. So we started to do more and more things. So we collaborate with other charities or we collaborate with other organizations to see what, what can we do? Where can the we community fit in and give their time to bring a little joy. So we take part in a homeless food distribution once a month, which is organized by another charity called SWAT. Um, we ask the Women Empowered Community that on this day we, we require donations of food, we require people to come and serve in, uh, to the people who are maybe homeless or needy who come to central London uh, and um, queue up for hours to, to get something to eat. Uh, and we also take part in going to a care home a couple of times a year just to hang out with the residents, sing songs, paint nails, just tell jokes, do whatever they oh, feel like doing. Oh, that's lovely. And, yeah. and then we that's always so look nice. for more and more projects. So what is it that you're going to do with this next? I have no idea. I've been asked that since the day I started We. And people said, what will you do? What is it? And I said, you know, I'm going to roll with it. If we can, we will organically grow. I believe in organic growth a lot. And I think that whenever we see an opportunity uh, I, we, where you think that there can, we, we can be of use or we can plug a, plug a hole, we go there. So, for example, Grit came out of people saying, I really want to talk about stuff but I'm not talk comfortable talking about it in a kind of open environment we thought well if it came to your inbox would that be a better proposition for you they said yes we started grit and um, we had one where people said there's no way to discuss this really uh, topic where can we discuss it and we said well let's set up a discussion group and the beauty with events is that once you've done it once 
the second time gets a lot easier because you know how not to do uh, the food, how maybe not to do the uh, audiovisual stuff, how to do it better. And actually, we, for the first, I think, three, four, five events, they were all learning curves because they only happened every three, four months. Uh, and every time we got one thing right, something else would be wrong. And then we have taken a long time to get to a point where most of the things run smoothly. That's fantastic. I mean, and the thing is that part of it's hard for people to understand, really, because so many people will do everything either for money or for, you know, always a commercial purpose. But with you, the standing joke about this, and I admire this about you immensely, is that you actually made a, a, a profit of how much was the profit that you made at your last event? Uh, we made £72 profit, which was after a loss of about, uh, I think, £92 the one before that. As a business model, it sucks. But as a business model, as a social initiative, we kind of break even each event. And uh, I think the euphoria of the £72 went to my head and I was looking at, what can I sponsor? Maybe a category at the Oscars. But, um, <laughs> it, it, I remember it, that. But it I, works. I like, yeah, it works because it's sort of self, self-fulfilling and self-propelling. And I like that because I think that if there was a commercial reasoning behind it, it would have a completely different flavor. And it's interesting would, to me. I read a very interesting book. Yeah. I read a very interesting it's book. Because all the which people... I hide... Go for it. Sorry, I was saying that all the people that, uh, that contribute to we, whether it's the photographers, the sound people, the restaurant, they all give us something at a discounted rate or at mate's rate because they also see the value in what we do. And that's why we have buy-in from, they're almost like our partners, and they facilitate women empowered taking, part, taking place every three months because without their generosity and kindness, we wouldn't be able to afford to pay speakers and pay um, it, you know, everything at full whack. It would just, the ticket price would be astronomical. And the point of this was to make it accessible to anybody who wanted to listen to people, anyone who wanted to network with people or make friends. It shouldn't be something that's exclusively to people who work for large corporates and have networks or, or um, have to pay vast amount of money to join networks or become parts of clubs. So it's meant to be for anybody, and it's meant to cost less than a night out at the pasta joint. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I mean, one of the things that I find interesting about this is that I've spent all my life in a commercial environment because it's always been about I need to sort of earn money to feed my children, and I'm sort of been driven very much um, by by sort of how do I how do I support my family. But I read a really interesting book by a lady called Lynn Twist um, called The Soul of Money, and um, you know we could do an entire show just on that, but. This book was amazing because she was part of the Hunger Project. She was part of propelling the Hunger Project forward. And she said that money for money's sake isn't, is really not a viable option anymore. What you want to do is commit the money with an intention for what you would like to come of that money. You know, so she said, mm -hmm. if you commit your money to thinking, I commit it because I would like to, like you've done, say, commit this enterprise to to inspiring women, um, to to and people, but inspiring women to to live lives of greater potential, or inspiring your money in order to end world hunger, or like we've done, where I thought we inspire everything we do in Nosh Detox to helping people to become more powerful and stronger because that's what we want for them. But I think that life. It really matters when you're born that you hold a vision and that you can hold that vision not just for yourself but for humanity and that when you do 
things come out of that vision, like your initiative with Women Empowered has come out of that vision, hasn't it? Yeah. I think, you know, if I think some of the beautiful things that happen are when you feel a certain way and you're trying to fix yourself, you realize that you can fix so many other people who feel the same way that you do, that you, yeah. you can help people find their inspiration, find their mojo back. Uh, you can be in a place where somebody says, I get it, I was there as well, and this is what I did, or it's going to pass. And I think having that reassurance um, is what will propel you to maybe do something that you were scared of doing or not able to do, and you'll do it yourself. But money, isn't it that saying you, you make, live a lot, make a, oh, I it's, it's going to come to me. Yeah. Uh, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give, I think it is, Miss Winston Churchill. Says. Oh, I like that. And, That's very close. But in, in, in some ways, it's incredibly... So I think when you see somebody who has done something or you, you, you spread a little joy, the joy you get back is tenfold than buying something. It really or, is. Or, there's, no, there's no monetary value you can put on that. So I think after a while... No, I, I agree. Like... You like that buzz, so, you like that kick, you like, it, you like standing back and seeing magic occur. I agree. So we are literally running out of time here. Rena, thank you so much for joining me. This is Rena Ranger, everybody, and her website is www.womenempowered.co. Dot UK. Have a look at it. There's some fantastic videos. There's some really, really interesting stories. And you've done it just well done. It wasn't as painful as you thought, was it now? <laughs> no, it was fine. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's completely, completely my pleasure. So thank you so much, everybody, um, for listening in and for being part of this. And um, here we are again. We will see you shortly. My name is Gita Sidhu-Rob, and this is Living Raw Radio. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.